the Pod Fix Network. Adam, I've hit record. I've hit record. I see that you're also displaying our podcast hands. You mean these hands? <laughs> yes. And I mean these hands. <laughs> All right. Three, two, one. Adam, are you ready to call this meeting to order? Most definitely, brother. The first one of 2020. Do it. I know. How about that? So, we wrapped up 2019 in spectacular fashion, just like we always do, with our Christmas party that you hosted. And I think you did an excellent job, as usual. Thank you, man. I loved that party. I had so much fun. The Christmas trivia was amazing. The guests were good. <laughs> Clay Groves was slinging drinks the whole time. The food was amazing. Tiff was like whipping up a storm. The centerpieces that Keith brought in were great. It was phenomenal. I think the one we did the year before in 2018 was really, really good. But this one was actually even better. Oh, thank you for saying that, man. I'm really glad that you that you feel that way. And I think that just, you know, the as our group continues to grow closer and bigger, I think that that's just kind of an inevitability as we have just so much great people together, gathered together to have a good time. So we didn't have a January meeting because that was New Year's. And we're certainly not going to call people back to the office prematurely. So this, in early February, is our first staff meeting of 2020. Dude, it's great to be back, and it's great to uh, get this show on the road. So before we jump into our agenda, Adam, what's your opinion? Have we started the new decade, or does the new decade start with year one? Well, I think technically speaking, it starts with year one, but we're in it. We're in the 20s, so we got to go with it. We're definitely in the 20s. I think it could be... I think both are correct. We're definitely in the 20s, obviously. But I don't think that the new decade has started. I think I'm going to stop saying it's the new decade. I am going to say the 20s, but I'm going to wait until next year this time to welcome people to a new decade. But I think the good thing about the the being in the 20s is it's a lot easier to say than like the aughts or the teens, right? You're like, oh yeah, these are the 20s or the 30s or the 40s, right? And it does kind of feel weird that it's like, you know, man, we're in the 20s, right? Like I think of the 20s as like, you know, uh silent picture and roaring 20s and you know model t ford not early 2000s 20s i know we have to we have to give the the decade a nick a nickname somehow something like the roaring 20s but something more modern well right plus that was dictated by the 20s actually being roaring so you know all right well maybe maybe by like 2022 or 23 We'll kind of set a set a tone, and we can give it a nickname, right? We'll just hopefully we we won't have a great depression uh, in this twenty set. Well, see that didn't come till the end of the of the twenties, so we've got another another nine years before we have to worry about that. <laughs> if history repeats itself that specifically, you don't think it will? I mean, I do. Yeah, yeah. So we got plenty of time. Yeah, you're right. F- it. <laughs> All right, great. Well. <laughs> Let's begin as we always do, and let's go over our top contributors list, Adam. Yes, 2020s. (laughs) (laughs) All right, great. (laughs) (laughs) 
Okay, we're going to count down from 10, just like we always do. That has not changed, so here we go. In the 10 spot is Kate Walinga from Ignorance Was Bliss. Wow, newcomer to the top 10. Yeah, hold on to that thought. Number nine is Alan Hastings. Number eight is Bob Haynes of the Cretans Guild. Love him. Number seven is Jim Weir. Always a classic. Number six is Carrie Dykes. Oh, amazing. Number, oh, and here we go. Here is our top five, our first top five of 2020. In the five spot, our pun turn, Brisky Cawthon of yes. Turner Phrases in the Podfix Network. Brisky coming back up the top of the charts. She's been posting phenomenal uh, puns recently. She's at the top of her pun game. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. She is. She's killing it. She absolutely is. And in the number four spot is Paul Chomo. He, of course, of Varmints. And his new show, Checking In With Chomo, both on the Podfix Network. Nice, Paul. And here we go. Here's where things kind of get topsy-turvy, Adam. Oh, no. What's going on? And the number three spot, still our MVP, Keith Gala of the Papa Filmcast and the Podfix Network. In the number three spot? Holy. Now, let me just say this. I don't think it's because Keith is doing less or he's MVPing less often than he normally does. I think it's because the people in the number two and the number one spot have just stepped up their game. Yeah. Yeah. Keith is a whole other embodiment of most valuable player. Yeah. I have not noticed any drop off from Keith's performance. I just think these other two players have really, really gotten after it in 2020. Yeah. So far, so good. Well, like enough with the suspense. Who are they? Okay, well, in the number two spot is Luke Umshide. Luke Umshide? What? Hell yeah. Which means, which means, Adam, in the number one spot, the queen of the cafeteria, Tiff Franks. Ah, oh, Tiff Franks. Wow, so well-deserved, man. She has, she's been feeding us since the holiday party and, you know, and, and all, all year long. So I am hungry and ready to eat, Tiff. That's what I'm saying. So don't you think that both Luke and Tiff have really raised their game? It was always very high. They've just taken it to a whole nother level. And at least in the top contributors list, caught up to the MVP. Oh, yeah. No, that's incredible. These efforts are Herculean and just phenomenal. Absolutely. I mean, let's be honest. Anybody in the top five, anybody in the top probably 10 or 20 are massive contributors to what we're doing. Yeah, because Standard Paul became Elimination Paul recently. Who actually became Tournament Paul, and we'll get to that a little bit later in the show. Tournament Paul, hell yeah. Tourney Paul. <laughs> okay, now, you know, we announced this to uh, at, at the end of last year. We're only going to be having these staff meetings once a month now. We're gonna Most, most of them are going to come at the beginning of the month. There's going to be a few that are going to come at other parts of the month, but only be for other scheduling things that we've got to work around. So because of that, I just want to very quickly represent... Uh, I just want to very quickly recognize some other really good contributors. In no yeah. particular order, uh, Phil Rude, that illustrator guy, Leslie Morgan, Casey Jones, Les York, Vlado from It's Not Rocket Surgery and the Podfix Network, Mike Cohen, Carolyn Healy, Krista Voss of Podcast 42 and the Podfix Network, Andrea Blucas, Laura Thompson, and Chris Birkenbein of A Dash of Science and the Podfix Network. Dude, I just feel like that if that is our group of honorable mentions, that we have a powerhouse top 10. I mean, like those, 
names that you just mentioned are legitimately the funniest and coolest people on the planet. And that's not even the ones in the top 10. They're just additionally mentioned. I could have easily named another 10 or 20 people. And that that would not have completed the list of fantastic people that are contributing so many things to our group. Yeah, no, this is just getting amazing. I, uh, I, I can't even describe how cool this is. Yeah, I agree. So thank you to everyone. Okay, Adam, let's recognize and introduce some new interns to the group. Yes, love new turns. So both of these came to us back in December, but we didn't we didn't welcome them at the staff meeting uh, at the Christmas party. We, we didn't recognize new interns. So first, the aforementioned Kate Walenga from Ignorance Was Bliss. Then along came a friend of Tiff's, Paul uh, Klemek. And then most recently, McKenna Myers, who is actually a coworker of mine at my side job. <laughs> so we're very excited to have her on board. Whoa, is she changing the demographics, the overall demographics? Yeah, she's she's definitely uh, she's definitely bringing down the average age considerably. <laughs> so she's not she's not between the ages of you know thirty five and a hundred. <laughs> <laughs> no, she's actually not. Not even close. <laughs> All right, Adam. How about birthdays? Yeah. <laughs> All right. Great. Okay, so we just have a few from January and then a few from February. So kicking things off in January, on the 8th of January was the birthday of my mom. Oh, Mother Toaf. Ha! Yeah. Mother Toaf! (laughs) (laughs) It's also the birthday of my brother-in-law and Elvis Presley. Ah, well, that's cool. Way to go, Elvis. Uh Uh-huh. And a previous guest on the show on the 14th, only six days Younger than my mom is my dad, whose birthday is on January 14th. And he is a right jolly fellow, if you ask me. <laughs> I would say he's cagey. I would describe him as maybe as cagey. <laughs> cagey at best. <laughs> well, you know, actually, I got a question about some cable services. Maybe I can get his number later. Yeah, perhaps you should. But uh, if, you, if you go back in our feed and you find the episodes with my dad and you'll recognize him by title, uh, if you want to know... Uh, everything about him then he and actually, he told some really actually good stories some there, i thought it was very it was really is a really interesting perspective on some times that he lived in i love those stories you you did a great job interviewing him and he was the perfect guest <laughs> <laughs> as you giggle as you giggle as you say that <laughs> all right well moving on on january 17th is the birthday of mike cohen on the 20th of january is the birthday of clay groves of the fish nerds <laughs> Born this day and now not dead. <laughs> Moving on to February. On the 4th of February is the birthday of my sister, Anne. Aww. On the 10th of February is the birthday of Alex Marion of Release the Clowns. Oh, cool show. On February 11th is the birthday of Colonel Jim Weir. Ah, oh, the Colonel. Oh, well, well. Happy birthday, old man. On the 16th is Luke Umshide. Happy birthday, Luke. Oh, On the Luke. 21st is the birthday of Donnie Carr, formerly of the Podfix podcast More Gooder Than, which was also hosted by Chris Brayton and Corey Sasso. And rounding out the month on the 25th of February is the birthday of a friend of mine, Kelly Goodrow. Well, that's a, a well-right stock of birthdays there, friend. Yeah, how about that? Yeah. Before we move on with our agenda, I want to do something we haven't done in a long, long time. Oh, snap. I'd like to present. Well, I'd like to present to you an audio diary, Adam. 
Yes, I love audio diaries. Now, would you like to like me to tell you who this audio diary is from, or would you like to be surprised? I would like to be surprised. All right. Good choice. <laughs> this comes in four installments, and here is installment number one. Hello, Chris. Hello, Adam. It is I, Grandpa Frank, from beyond the grave. Wait, did Grandpa Frank die? (laughs) Just kidding. I am alive and well. Uh, You (laughs) and the listeners were worried about your Grandma Lois and me. Good one, Grandpa Frank. We were on vacation last spring and, well, it's a bit of a long story. Sir, we need to get you checked out. Huh? No, we need you to get to medical. But I... Have you heard of Gravity Beard? Gravity what? (laughs) No. Hmm. Uh, uh, Boys, uh, apparently we have to go to the quarantine section of the boat, but I will call back in a bit to explain what has happened. (coughs) Oh, man, my voice. Hmm. Huh. It's hard to tell, but it sounds like maybe Grandpa Frank and Grandma Lois are on a cruise? Yeah, I wonder if it's like one of those plague ships, though, you know? I wonder, with like plague doctors and everything. But I gotta be honest, Grandpa Frank threw me for a curveball when he said from beyond the grave. I was like, oh no, we didn't even like talk about it. We didn't know. (laughs) Maybe he was like in his apartment for three years and dripped onto like the person below. Who knows? You know, all kinds kinds of bad stuff. So my mind was running rampant. Thank God he said, just kidding. Yeah, no kidding. Um, okay, wow. Okay, that's that's installment number one. I think there's three more. All right. And so we'll we'll circle back with Grandpa Frank later in the in the meeting. Good. I didn't want him to have to go through that onboarding process in the afterlife. I mean, even though it's much more efficient, <laughs> that's still no fun. Yeah, it's it's too soon. We're not we're not ready to lose Grandpa Frank or Grandma Lois. No, definitely not. I mean, and then did they get an apartment? It's the whole thing. Okay. Well, Adam, why don't we move on to some polls? Ah, I love Pauls. <laughs> I'm sorry, did you say Pauls? <laughs> what? <laughs> well, that's appropriate because our first one does come from Elimination Paul. Yes. Adam, this is our poll to determine the official soda of the Gravity Beard interns. I like this poll, actually. Well, and actually, it's, it's not a poll at all. Paul decided to take it to the next level, and it's actually a tournament. See, that's awesome. Isn't it great to have it tourney style? Yeah, absolutely. I love the Elimination Paul format, uh, which Paul, of course, has made famous. But it's also fun to do a tournament. Yeah, and can we just say that, like, Paul, when he does a poll, when he does a poll... It's like it's 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 a cut above the rest. He always has good quality subjects, good quality items. You always want to participate in Paul's poll. Yeah, for sure. Okay, so the poll is concluded and a winner has been crowned. However, at the time of this recording, there were six sodas left. So we'll make the official announcement of the official soda of the Gravity Beard entrance at our next staff meeting. I can't wait, dude. This is a good one. Okay. So our next poll is actually actually another tournament, and it was hosted back in around Christmas time by Bob Haynes, and that was to determine the official GBI Christmas pop song. Ah, classic subject. Yes. Now, if you remember, there was <laughs> there was much anxiety as there always is 
a lot of infighting, a lot of hurt feelings. And in the yep. end, not not everyone was happy, but in my opinion, and I think you agree, and I know that Keith agrees along with several others, that the winner of this tournament and the official pop song, Christmas pop song of the GBI was the correct choice. Yeah, dude. I mean, the results spoke for themselves. Yep. And it was this song right here. <laughs> I know that I know that in particular Jim Weir disagrees, but in my humble opinion, nothing says Christmas that gets you in the groove and ready for the holiday than this song, dude. And that's why we play it at the start of every Christmas party. I mean, how great is this? <laughs> so amazing. <laughs> It just makes you happy. It does. Like, what a great riff. Which, in my opinion, is what the holidays are all about, right? It's about yeah. being joyful and triumphant. This song is both of those things. <laughs> all the way, maximum. Yeah. So, I understand, Jim. You're slightly younger than us. You come from a different time and place with different sensibilities. And you don't appreciate <laughs> this as the official Christmas pop song of the GBI. But the people have spoken. Let me just be the first one to say in 2020, so let it be written, so let it be done, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> How good is that groove, man? Dude, it's so good. God, it's so good. Oh, what an amazing tune. Okay, well, speaking of Jim Weir, he brought his own poll because Jim, as much as anybody, Adam, is determined. Determined. To figure out when your birthday is. <laughs> I know he is trying his darndest. Yeah, and since since you won't come forth with that information, I think you're aware that he put forth a poll with three suggestions. It's not that I won't come forth, it's just what will be will be, you know, and I don't really know <laughs> how else to explain it. <laughs> well, as I've said before, not all mysteries have a solution. <laughs> That's right. We will go to the ether not knowing. Yeah. But anyway, he gave three choices to vote on. One was July 30th, which is also National Cheesecake Day. The other is December 25th because of your love for Christmas. Mm. And the third option was April 1st, which is April Fool's Day. Yep. And when all was said and done, the vast, vast majority, 88% of respondents voted that your birthday be July 30th, National Cheesecake Day. Now, that being said... You came along and completely disregarded Jim's poll entirely <laughs> and went with something that Phil Rood suggested, which was May the 4th. Yes. Also known as Star Wars Day. So you have declared that whether it is or isn't your birthday, that the date that you're going to publicly proclaim as your birthday is May the 4th. Yes, because did you see the prophecy foretold that Phil laid out? Yeah, of course. That is the best thing. The second runner-up was June 9th, <laughs> which would have been 6-9. <laughs> well, it, right, and that would have been an excellent option, except that's already Beardmas. That is already Beardmas, and, I mean, with with the sorcery that Phil Rude conjured up, there's no way that's not the birthday that I'm choosing. I agree. I agree. I thought that was a great option, and it's your birthday. Now, Jim says, 
too bad. A poll is a poll. I say it's your birthday, so you get to choose. Therefore, by your own decision, May the 4th is your, your at least your public birthday. Right. And may the 4th be with you also, buddy. <laughs> Thank you, sir. <laughs> All right. Well, now, Adam, I'd like to move on to something that you and I are very, very excited about. Ooh. And I could have either put this under facilities or we could have talked about it in the intern library. But we've got enough things to talk about regarding new library selections. And to me, really what it is more than anything is by far, and this is saying a lot, and I think you'll agree, by far this is the most exciting facilities upgrade and announcement we've ever made on in, in the history of our organization. Dude, spill the beans. I think you know what I might be referring to. Maybe. And let me just tell you how it all started. Just quickly, Keith brought a book to us, as he does often, as he's always stocking the library with many, many good books. The book is called How to Start Your Own Country. Yeah, super good manual. Yeah, and so I immediately approved the initiative and said to start scouting the locations. I also called for volunteers, and Jim stepped up right away. And then he pulled in Luke and Tiff and the Science Committee of Sciencing. And he was ready to get started. He was like, I was made for this. I'm going to jump in. We're going to start a country. But then Vlado stepped up and dropped the real bomb. (laughs) That's not surprising considering he's a scientist dropping bombs. Right. Well, he introduced us to something called (laughs) nationstates.net. Which is so much fun. Let me explain. Now, I had not, I don't think you had either, but I had not heard of nationstates.net, even though it's been around since 2003. And what this is, is an online nation simulation game. Its motto is, create a nation according to your own political ideals and care for its people, or deliberately oppress them. It's up to you. (laughs) Absolutely. I mean, there are two ways to go about doing this. Well, and let me just be clear you get to go on this website and create a nation and then it, and then it starts the simulation of, of how your nation grows and is governed. Yeah. Yep. Right away. It, it's pretty rapid actually. So far here's, here's who has created countries. First, of course, Vlado, he's been on there a long, long time, maybe since the beginning, his country is called Keeks, K E maybe cakes, K E K S. However, however he pronounces it. Paul started a, a country called the free land of Frank, Frank Furtistan. <laughs> <laughs> you, you can guess what that's about. <laughs> then Keith started one called the Most Serene Republic of Gowlandia. Of course. You started one. I may say this wrong. You can correct me. You started one called the Empire of Sonderon. 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 So you've got yeah. the Empire of Sonderon. Yeah. And then I, of course, I created one called the Republic of the Gravity Beard Interns. Well, of course, your standard gravity beard interns country. So the countries are also part of regions. Mm-hmm. And Vlado, again, who has been around a long time on, on this simulation, he was already part of, an, of a region called the Independent Order. So all of us joined the IO. Which is badass, by the way. It is. It's very cool. However, if enough of us in the GBI create our own countries, we can form our own region, which is really what we're hoping to do. Yeah, buddy. Yeah, so just to everyone listening and everyone in the group, if you're interested, just go to nationstates.net. You can start your own country in just a couple of minutes. 
and it takes very i think you and i realized i don't know what we expected but it takes very little time to maintain after that you know what i haven't even done anything yet i got a bunch of emails from the country to me saying i need to do stuff i haven't done it yet but I did join the world order and already vote on net neutrality. <laughs> <laughs> did you really? Yeah. It was like a privacy act. And as I read this whole like articles and everything. Um, well, and I, I didn't even get into that and, I, and I'm not going to, but there's also something called the world assembly that you can, you can be, you can be a delegate and you're voted to the world assembly and then you can vote on worldwide issues. That's what it is. That's the one. Yeah. That exactly. I joined the world assembly. Yeah. Yeah. So in any case, if you want to be involved in this, it doesn't take very much time. Just search the Gravity Beard Interns Facebook group for the Republic of the Gravity Beard Interns. And that's where you'll see the, where I dropped in the thread or the, the link for the country that I started of that name. And that's the thread we created for everyone to post a link to their country after they create it. I think that the more, if we can actually get this going, dude, it's going to be a lot of fun. I think so, too. So, I, I mean... I think you agree. This is very exciting. It's the biggest initiative we've ever undertaken. So we've think about, think about the progress we've made in a very short amount of time. We've gone from a small group of interns in an office to a sprawling corporate campus to expanding to an HQ2 to possibly forming our own region where everyone runs their own country. I think that actually, you know what? <laughs> I have a lot of faith in a, a real you know, set of countries forming a region with the members of our group. I feel like we actually have some really, really smart and good people in our group. I feel like if we had our way, we would actually make a pretty thriving and, and benevolent society. I do too. So I'm hoping everyone takes a few minutes and goes and starts their own country so we can form our region. Okay, quick note. You also get a flag, right? Yes. Yes. So can you guess which flag I've commandeered? No. I commandeered it, and it's the flag of Christmas Island. <laughs> Are you serious? <laughs> yeah. God, so good. <laughs> so, so I, I, I forced them into exile and I took their flag. <laughs> <laughs> well, congratulations. Thank you, buddy. Christmas lives on. All right. Well, and of course, we have tons of other exciting facility upgrades to share. I just thought this one it, you know, took precedence. And so we'll share the others in future meetings. This is a global facility upgrade. <laughs> <laughs> global facility <laughs> upgrade <laughs> i just can't get over how far we've come yeah you know it's awesome i i think for a group of interns we've accomplished remarkable things yeah i think there's nothing that we can't do there's no question about it i think we've literally proven that over and over again <laughs> see the people in our group dude imagine what we have when they have our own society of regions and countries all right well Let's move on to lesser but still exciting things. We have a dress code update. Ooh, I love these. Derek Graziano brings us this one. And it is called Cargo Socks by Calf Mule. <laughs> Calf Mule. <laughs> and these are exactly what they sound like. These are these are socks with pockets on them just like cargo shorts. Let me explain. They come six <laughs> They come six to a box. One size fits most, it says. And I don't think everyone really understood what the benefits of cargo socks were until you came along and said, the socks will hold our stuff while we go out and make friends. <laughs> yeah, don't, it's, it's like if, if they were to talk to us, it's like, here, you go worry about making friends. I'll hold your stuff. You know? Right. <laughs> right. 
Adam, I have to admit that even I didn't understand the maximum potential of cargo socks until I read your until I read your your comment. We all need cargo socks immediately. Yeah, at, at first I was like, oh, these are kind of novel. These are neat. <laughs> and then you completely opened up my mind to the possibility of cargo socks. Dude, they are endless. And you know what? It's a perfect set of, of, of attire for a bunch of countries forming a region in the world. <laughs> to go out and make friends. Yeah. While your socks are holding your things. Who says diplomacy is dead, buddy? <laughs> Not me. Well, well, it may have been, and then along came cargo socks, and then it was back. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, I wonder if they have like a zipper option where you can like you know half them during the hot months. Well, let me just great news for everyone. You know we have them ready. We've already yeah. started distributing to some. So just stop by HR, and you will be issued as as many as six pairs of cargo socks so that you can go out immediately and make a lot of friends. Dude, I just feel like that our employee benefits package is good. We charge nothing for our wardrobe improvements and upgrades and requirements. So this is all free to the employee. Free benefits. So please come by. Get your cargo socks. Go make friends. Make friends. It's what we do. And by the way, I don't know what the motto is, the slogan for cargo socks is, but they need to throw it out the window and use use yours <laughs> well i think they're on a good track with having the name of their company being calf mule so <laughs> that's amazing yeah all right well adam we mentioned the library and uh, once again we have a number of excellent new selections yes we do i can't wait for you to rattle these off yeah and this is just a few we certainly don't have time to go through all of them so keith brings us our first one it's the book of the week, and it's called Space Cat on Mushrooms <laughs> by Ruth Todd and illustrated by, call, uh, by Paul Galdoni. Huh. But that's not all. Keith also brings these other selections. So we've got a lot of different sections in our library, just like a traditional library does. Right. One of them is our ever-growing children's selection. Yeah. So these, are all, these next three are all new selections that Keith brought in just for our children's section of our library. You know, I would say that our children's section is like almost a feature of it. You know, it's what we're known for, kind of. Absolutely. So here we go. Our first one is from Scholastic Books and best-selling author Martin Schaefer. It is The Day My Butt Went Psycho. <laughs> I remember that book. It was a good one. Yeah, it's terrific. Yeah. Uh, selection number two, I Need a New Butt by Don McMillan, illustrated by Ross Kennard. <laughs> Nard Dog. And our last one, Who Wet My Pants by Bob Shea, illustrated by Zachariah O'Hora. <laughs> oh, such great books, buddy. Such great books. Yep. So, of course, head down to the library and check those out. I've already uh, read through a few of those myself. And yeah. you are invited to do so as well. Well, once in a while, we have uh, books that are exclusive just to the Bookmobile, which is our mobile library that's out and about. Yeah, and watch out. Yeah, we have, we have another bookmobile exclusive, and here it is. It's called, It's Easy to Be Happy When You're Dumb. <laughs> it's so true. Yeah, and actually the full title is, It's Easy to Be Happy When You're Dumb and Other Sad Truths for Young People. Comma, idiot. <laughs> <laughs> and, oh, this is, a, this is a helpful tip that Luke wanted me to pass on to everyone. Luke says it's located in an obvious location on the bookmobile, 
so the feeble-minded can find it easily. <laughs> yeah, well, hopefully the feeble-minded don't stumble onto his private collection again. <laughs> well, in any case, um, I just want to say thank you, Luke. Thanks, Luke. What great selections. And as always, look out for the Luke and the Bookmobile. It should be coming through your neighborhood very soon. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, Adam, I think before we go any further, why don't we check back in and try to get another update from Grandpa Frank? Yeah, I hope they're okay. I hope they're not on some kind of plague cruise. Yeah, me too. Plague cruise. That sounds terrible. (laughs) This is not relaxing at all. Hello, Chris. Hello, Adam. Or is it Keith now? We haven't had much access to podcasts lately. (laughs) Lately, meaning since mid-May. Yes, I'm calling the boys. Huh? Yeah, yeah, I'll tell them. Uh, Your grandma Lois says hello. She loves you. And she will still send you your birthday and Christmas cards for this year with the $5 once we get home. May the 4th. As you can tell, we are not at home. And here is how our world got turned upside down. On a good boy, Luke... He's a fine, fine young man. Stop by with the bookmobile. <laughs> nice. And while we dug around for something new to read, we got to talking about travel. He seems to do it a lot. And so he recommended his travel agent to us. So we called them. We mentioned Luke as he told us to do. Probably should have known something was up when they had to take a few minutes to gather themselves from laughing. <laughs> anyway, they gave us a good rate on a nice, all-inclusive Bahama vacation. Ah, Sir, huh? we told you before, that phone is for emergencies only. I'm talking to my grandsons. Can we talk to them? No, it's just a voicemail, but they'll be worried about us. That's true. Sir, but I... The phone. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now. Apparently, the captain needs the satellite phone back. <laughs> <laughs> I will call again in a little while. <laughs> wow <laughs> Using the emergency <laughs> communication satellite phone <laughs> But you know He's right about one thing Luke that- does travel a lot <laughs> Well And he, he really pulled the curtain back I had no idea that Luke had a, had a travel agent That actually makes it much worse it does make it much worse, not only because he gets Luke lost, but that Luke continues to put his faith and trust in that guy. Right. All right. Or girl. And apparently now Grandpa Frank and Grandma Lois have as well. So that's that's terrible to find out. Yeah. Yeah. We could be in for a real either happy or sad adventure. And it's still not clear whether or not it's a plague cruise. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, I'm with you. I want to find out if, uh, if it's a plague cruise because yikes. <laughs> yikes. Plague cruise. <laughs> All right, well, we'll circle back with Grandpa Frank later in our meeting. In the meantime, Adam, let's turn our eyes to Ion Health. Oh, yes, Ion Health. This is super important. It is super important, especially this story, which comes from Krista Voss from Podcast 42 and the Podfix Network. Adam, this actually could have gone either in Ion Health or food, and I think you'll understand why in just a moment. The headline of the article is... Middle school principal refuses to provide free tampons in girls' bathroom. Oh, no. Come on. Yeah. Now, that that sounds terrible. But I think you'll agree that their response to this refusal is both creative and delicious. 
Okay, first of all, I'd like to say that doesn't sound terrible. It actually is terrible. And the words delicious were not the ones I would chose to imagine to come out of your mouth next. Well, hold your judgment, Adam. (laughs) It says the students decided to hold a protest where they prepared what is being called tampon cookies. Oh, my God. Hang on. These are delicious bite-sized cookies made to look like tampons. Okay, I know I don't want one of those cookies. <laughs> well, the article goes on to explain that the reason the principal refused is because he said that the girls would abuse the privilege, abuse the privilege of tampons in the bathroom. Yeah, what does that even mean? That was exactly my response. But I can tell you that one person responded to this on Twitter by saying, Maybe the girls should demonstrate that they are not taking advantage of free tampons by returning them to the principal when they're finished with them. Oh my god. That's actually a pretty good remark, but Jesus. (laughs) (laughs) I also hope that they don't follow through on that suggestion. Yeah, or like and don't mention like a recycling program, you know? Yes, I agree. But there's a picture that goes along with the article. And if you look at it here, Adam, I'm gonna send it to you. Okay. What you'll notice is they actually are delicious cookies. They just happen to look like tampons. So they made real cookies out of real cookie ingredients. And so it was a protest, but it was actually kind of delicious. I like your clarification there. They're real cookie out of real cookie ingredients. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. So there's no confusion. So kind of, I mean, kind of a, kind of a, a creative and delicious response to a principal making a very poor decision. You know, I just like I would like to say that principal is an idiot because I mean, like what 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 do you think is going to happen like a tampon war or God forbid our young women growing up and that really need that one moment. They're probably not too secure with themselves could actually have a tampon, not worry about it. I have no idea. But if you notice in the picture, not only do the cookies look delicious, but they brought him to the principal's office and spread them out on his desk. <laughs> yeah, dude. <laughs> Being spread out on the desk, I think, is my favorite part. So it's a yeah. real kind of a nice uh, nose upturn to the principal and authority there. Yeah, I agree. Now, there, unfortunately, there's no word on whether or not the principal caved and gave into the demands. But in any case, best of luck to to the girls in that school, and and kudos to you for making delicious tampon cookies. Yeah, I would love some follow up on that team. You know, like uh, how about we? How about you complete the article? <laughs> Yeah, what the heck? Come on, journalism. (laughs) All right, well, speaking of food, let's move on to food. I love food. Adam, can I ask you a couple of questions? Most assuredly. Is it February? It is. Are you in Iceland? No. Huh. Okay, well, so let's just pretend that you answered yes to both of those questions, because that would mean that the time is ripe for... Sour Ram's testicles. Oh, great. Boy. Yep. Adam, this is a tradition that goes back to times before refrigeration. So Icelanders had to store perishable food for the long winter by pickling, smoking, drying, or rotting it. (laughs) Why why bother rotting it? You leave it like somebody left it out. I was like, oh, you know what? These are actually our finest rotted testicles. Yeah, I was fine with those first three, and then I read the last the last option, the rotting option, which I didn't think was so good. No, not even a little bit. Well, let me explain. It says, once the balls, meaning ram's testicles, reach right. the right level of acidity, they are pressed together into a rectangular block 
which is then sliced and eaten. Okay, I know that they're like a long dead, but even just saying like press together into a slice into a block makes me quin like queasy a little bit. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, so hey, whenever you're ready, let's let's head out to Iceland to try some sour ram's testicles. I mean, I might try the smoked ones. You know, <laughs> smoked sour ram's testicles. Smoked sour ram's testicles. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm assuming it's going to be like a cross between sauerkraut and a piece of salmon. Yeah, let's hope. All right. Well, with that, Adam, let's move on to sports. Yes. Sports page. Well, we don't actually have a story today, Adam. We just have an advisory. And it goes as such. So today, Adam, as you know, is the Super Bowl. I do know. Really excited to have beep in the Super Bowl. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Adam, by 9 o'clock tonight, the NFL season will be over and a champion will be crowned. And so we will be back in the studio tomorrow, just as we are every year, tomorrow morning to record our NFL postseason episode. Mm. And as longtime listeners know, that's when we will discuss the Super Bowl, the halftime show, and more importantly, our preseason predictions. Yeah. Spoiler alert, I had the Saints winning the whole thing, so there's that. So there is that. Uh Uh-huh. There is that. All right, Adam, well, that's sports. Why don't we take a quick break and hear from one of our new promotional partners? Love it. These just keep getting better and better. More platinum-level content right after this. This week's episode is brought to you by The Canoon. You know, Justine, some people say that the spork is the ultimate utensil. But the cutlery experts here at MacGuffin Industries have found a way to make the act of eating fun, sexy, and dangerous with the remarkable Canoon. Ever wanted to huh. eat soup and steak at the same time? Boy, have I. Well, then the Canoon is the ultimate utensil of your dreams, capturing the curvy elegance of a spoon and the raw edge of a knife in one beautiful piece of kitchen hardware. Don't settle for the cheap knockoffs like the Spinife, Justine. Only a Canoon can provide you with the cutting and spooning power that you've been searching for through the magic of their patented spoon-sharp technology that keeps your Canoon cutting and spooning from the day you buy it until the day you die. Just listen to this testimonial from a real-life Canoon user. Love this Canoon. Been using the Spinife before, but this one works a bit better with far more better price. Used it every day for my protein shakes. Works perfectly every time. Smooth liquid drink for a few seconds. Good accessories as well, but have to be honest, it's a bit loud compared to the Spinife. But hey, it works better and cheaper. The Canoon. The future is now. Warning, the canoon may cause facial lacerations, mouth bleeding, tongue dismemberment, night sweats, and constipation. Please see a cutlery expert before purchasing. MacGuffin Industries is not liable for any damages incurred while using the canoon. Dude, I love the canoon. And you know what's funny? I, uh, I, I recently watched Catch Me If You Can. What a great movie that is, right? Yeah. And I love the like New England accent that Tom Hanks uses, you know, that kind of real kind of shop, you know, what's going on up here, you know, that that type of accent. I do. So I just I kept hearing this commercial in that accent, the canoe. <laughs> I don't know why, but that just like this would be a perfect accent for somebody of that nature. When you've been using a canoe for quite a long time, haven't you? I have and with great results. I have steak and salad, uh, steak and soup 
almost daily. It's quite an invention from the folks at MacGuffin Industries. Yeah, it's brilliant, which is not surprising. They're amazing. Welcome back. For more information about the Canoon, feel free to check out Weird With You. It's another terrific podcast from the Podfix Network. It can be found anywhere you listen to podcasts. Adam, will you please join me as we head into the wild? Of course. I'll follow you anywhere, buddy. This, of course, is a segment where we discuss stories that involve animals. And if you're into animals, feel free to check out Varmints. It's a fantastic podcast from the Podfix Network and hosted by our very own Elimination Paul and Donna Hume. So, Adam, Phil Rude brings today's story in Into the Wild. I love Phil Rude. It comes to us from a place that you might be familiar with, Port St. Lucie, Florida. Port St. Lucie, right, yeah, very familiar. So, Port St. Lucie, Florida resident Ann Sable was minding her own business, Adam, when she heard a commotion outside. Would you like to guess what she heard? Uh, a rustling. The trees branches, uh, trees, tree branches breaking. No, that is incorrect. When she Damn went it. to the window to investigate, she saw a car recklessly driving in backward circles around her cul-de-sac. Okay, that makes sense. Yep, I, that was the other thing I was going to say. Well, I doubt you are going to say this, though. A closer look revealed that the driver of the car was a black Labrador retriever. That dog is awesome. Yes. So then the cops came, understandably, sure. and the fire department, and authorities watched from a distance as the driving dog did donuts. It would be awesome if, like, the driving dog did donuts and then threw, like, a beer can out the window. (laughs) (laughs) Well, he may have. The story didn't report that. So, finally, the vehicle hit a mailbox and some garbage cans and then slowed down. So, then a police officer approached the car, opened the door, and Sable watched a large black Labrador retriever hop out of the driver's seat. It turns out the dog's owner had left his car running on the street... When the dog changed gears, it didn't stop driving for almost an hour. Good Lord. First of all, that owner deserves it. Second of all, that dog is amazing. (laughs) 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 All right, Adam. Well, let's move from Florida dog to Florida woman as we enjoy another installment of Police Beat. (laughs) I love Police Beat. Jeremy King, Adam, was in his living room when two men burst in about 9 p.m. First of all, that alone is terrifying. 100%. Yeah, so a guy's just in his living room, two grown men burst in at 9 o'clock at night and begin brutally beating him, demanding money and grabbing his 11-year-old daughter. What? So here's where it gets interesting, Adam. King's wife, who is eight months pregnant, heard the commotion and appeared from a back bedroom holding an AR-15. (laughs) <laughs> you picked the wrong house, assholes. <laughs> so as you might expect, she shot one of the suspects. That man was dead in a nearby ditch by the time deputies arrived. <laughs> the other suspect fled. And King was quoted, her uh, her husband, as saying, Them guys came in with two normal pistols and my AR stopped it. <laughs> <laughs> My wife even the playing field and kept them from killing me. <laughs> <laughs> okay. 
So let me just say that like, whatever happens to those two guys, I don't care. You're gonna mess with an 11 year old daughter, like you can rot in hell, bro. <laughs> oh yeah. Well, I mean, if you're gonna bust down somebody's door and just and just do what they did, they yeah. they basically got exactly what was coming to them. Let's just say it that way. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's what we call friends. Instant karma. <laughs> <laughs> Brought to you by MacGuffin Industries. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so there you go. Another installment of Police Beat, which I think you would agree has a happy ending. Hey, for once, we've got a happy ending on these freaking stories, man. <laughs> you know. Well, and I, I don't think you'll mind, Adam, if I'm going to take this moment, and I, I don't know her name. It's Jeremy King's wife. I'm going to nominate Jeremy King's wife as this week's Gravity Beard Listener of the Week. Yes, totally worth it. Totally deserves it. Yeah, this is amazing. Congratulations, Jeremy King's wife, on being this week's Gravity Beard Listener of the Week. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> what a what a good story, man! What a, a police beat. All right, <laughs> <laughs> yay! <laughs> well, Adam, I think you'd agree that the only thing that's better than Florida dog followed by Florida woman would, of course, be Florida man. Florida man. Yes. That's right, Adam. This month's staff meeting fe- features a triple shot of Florida. <laughs> I like how you wait till I move out to do a triple shot. I can look over at Florida <laughs> from God's country, though. That's right. Okay, well, and without further ado, here's this month's installment of Florida Man. And here's our next Florida Man. Hey, y'all. This is Florida Man. I've been doing pretty good lately. I ain't been in jail about three days now. That's a pretty good bit, right? Anyway. Um, I got in trouble recently. And... Crap. (laughs) Oh, no. (laughs) Oh, no, Florida man got Florida manned. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank goodness, Adam, Florida man called back. Oh, good. So let's find out what he meant to say originally. Hey, y'all. Hey, sorry about that last call. Um, I was driving when I did the call, and uh, I drove past a a cop, but he was in an unmarked unmarked car, and uh, I had to hide my beer real quick. (laughs) Anyway, um, just want to let you know, uh, recently I just read both the four-hour work week and the art of the deal when I was in jail this last time. Mm. And I really got the entrepreneur, entrepreneur, dang, I can never say that word. (laughs) Entrepreneur. There it is. Nailed it. There it is. Entrepreneur itch. I wanted to make money and do something so I wouldn't have to work anymore. So I tried selling encyclopedias no one buys books anymore unless they're audible. I tried selling Lularoo leggings, but I don't think that I was a good enough model. So instead <laughs> of getting people to buy them, I just scared people off. I even tried doing them Facebook Live oyster opening things where you find pearls and sell them or whatever. But apparently, that was only in fashion for like two weeks and a half, and no one wanted to watch it anymore. Well, I was getting pretty dang frustrated when I came up with a foolproof plan on how to get quit quit. 
<laughs> crime. Hacking, to be exact. So I watched a bunch of YouTube videos, and I binged all of Mr. Robot, and I was ready. Good show. So my plan was I was going to hack bank and wire transfer money into my account. Foolproof. It was actually way easier than I would have thought. I successfully hacked three different banks for a total of forty nine ninety nine. <laughs> Which, in retrospect, wasn't even enough money to buy one pair of them leggings. Anyway, I think I was getting a little too confident when I tried hacking the Bank of America and I tried to transfer $7 billion to my account. <laughs> well, it was all looking great, and I already had my plane tickets to Thailand ready and everything. And then the FBI showed up at my house. Dang it. I don't get how they didn't stop me for the three $17 wire transfers, but then they go ahead and stop me on the $7 billion wire transfer. Mm, yeah, he's right. But they did. And I told the feds that it wasn't my fault. It was Trump, Tim Ferriss, and Jesus who wanted me to become wealthy. <laughs> I'm hoping that that argument holds up in court. Sure. But my lawyer's not too too confident in it. Y'all know how many P-Zones I could buy for $7 billion? That's a lot of P-Zones. That's true. Well, that's my latest story, guys. <laughs> and that oh, was it. Man. I love Florida, man. <laughs> you know, see, that was a little catch-me-if-you-can kind of call scenario there, if you ask me. Yeah, definitely. You know, he doing some fraudulent money activity and transferring billions of dollars to himself. Well... I mean, he certainly is persistent in his creativity, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. He's he's always coming up with new ideas, and he never gives up. Yeah. So we should vote for him for office. (laughs) Yeah. Well, and allow me to remind you that uh, Florida Man, of course, Adam, has his own podcast. Which is great. Yeah, it it, it actually is really good. (laughs) It's called The Florida Man Show. And he has somehow convinced the Podfix Network to add it to their lineup. Uh, and of course, it's available anywhere you listen to podcasts. He's very persuasive. <laughs> he is very persuasive. Yeah. And just so darn likable. <laughs> yeah, he really is. He really I, I, I can't help. I can't help but root for Florida Man. Absolutely. Every time. Yeah. And, and Florida Man, thanks. Thanks for continuing to involve us and, and keeping us updated on your, on your I don't know what you want to call it. Yeah. But we love it. And we love you, buddy. Your adventures. Yeah, for sure. Okay, Adam, I think this is a great time to check back in with Grandpa Frank. What do you think? Yeah, Plague Cruise 2020. (laughs) Well, let's just find out if you're right. Hello, Chris. Hello, Adam. It is I, Grandpa Frank. Hey, buddy. Oh, I almost forgot. Welcome back. This is how I talk. I was not impersonators before. Where were we? Oh, yeah. So we went to the airport, and they provided us with what seemed like VIP treatment. No Mm. avocado toast, but hey, we don't need all those frills. So we boarded a FedEx plane, and while it was a bit cold, we had plenty of legroom. Shortly after takeoff, we hit some turbulence. I thought it was your grandma snoring, Uh, but once we really started shaking, I figured it out. The flight attendant was so nice, so helpful. They got us set up with parachutes just in case. And just in case meant two minutes later. Oh, dear. Skydiving wasn't even on our itinerary. <laughs> wow. We landed just off the coast of a small island. Lucky for us, 
We've been going to the local pool and swimming laps several days a week for years. We got to shore just in time to see the plane crash into the ocean. What? <laughs> Both scary, but a beautiful light display. <laughs> Next. Sir, sir, we need you and your wife to come with us now. What now? It's an emergent. It's Gravity Beard. Gravity what? It's a big time podcast. Sir, we don't have time for podcasts. We have but, uh, pirates. Pirates? Have they heard of Gravity Beard? I doubt it. We can ask them if you get to the main deck now. Apparently, someone wants to be the captain now. And we have to go to the main deck. I'll call you back. Oh, no. Wow. All right. So it looks like they may be like marooned near an island or on an island or something very similar. And and possibly it involves piracy. Are there pirates? Uh, well, I mean, apparently they're now dealing with that real threat. And, you know, I, I do appreciate that. Grandpa Frank has bogarted the one satellite phone instead of calling <laughs> for help. Calling the Gravity Beard hotline. It's great. Well, I mean, I think um, we always appreciate when people have their priorities straight and include us in what they're doing. Well, right, because, you know, he's got a serious situation, so he made the right call. He literally called the Gravity Beard hotline. Yeah. Well, we hadn't heard from him in so long, so all of a sudden we're dropped into this crazy adventure. Yeah. No, this is great. I hope that, I hope everything turns out okay. Okay, so Adam, this is the part of our meeting when we normally get into entertainment related things yeah for sure and so i'd like to kick it off with a micro movie review let's do it and this one comes from our friend luke god i love luke hey gravity beards this is luke and this is how i talk hey luke oh uh, well i've been told i need to call in anytime i go see a movie and for the first time in a long time Went out and actually saw one at the theater. I saw the new Ford versus Ferrari. Oh. It was amazing. I mean, I'm just, I'm a car guy, but my wife isn't. But she loved it. Everybody was good. I mean, it was amazing. And I will tell you, the inclusion of Don Rickles as Mr. Gerald Ford <laughs> versus Mr. Ferrari, absolutely amazing. Huh. You just, I don't want to spoil it anymore, but again, Gerald Ford's character, excuse me, Don Rickles' character, Gerald Ford, awesome. You got to go see it. Dunskis. Wow, you know, you don't, you don't hear about much, much about Don Rickles these days, you know? Uh, I, well, um, I'm not for sure. I'd have to look it up, but I think you haven't heard much from him because I think he might be dead. Yeah, I, I'm I'm pretty sure he's in the old uh, afterlife after party, but uh, man, Don Rickles from Beyond the Grave, doing doing movie appearances, it's fantastic. Yeah, so so Don Rickles, uh, Don Rickles died three years ago, actually. So yeah, yeah. I thought that Ford versus Ferrari Ferrari was a more a more recent production, but perhaps it was made three years ago and released recently. Ah, right. That's probably the more logical explanation that's weird because i've heard of the other people that have seen that film and that they made no mention of of a posthumous performance of of don rickles in one of the starring roles yeah so maybe it was just released later like you said it's got to be it because otherwise otherwise it'd be unremarkable well either way uh, luke thanks so much we always appreciate when people go see movies and then you because know, remember we've said that you and i don't have time to see films so Correct. we always appreciate when when listeners of the show go see films and then call in with, with movie reviews. 
Yeah, no, I love it. And these people are, you know, are these callers are authenticating themselves as usual. Like Grandpa Frank just did, Luke just did. It's perfect. That's right. Thank you for following protocol. Mm-hmm. Okay, Adam, now I think we need to move on to this. And I don't know if you... Maybe you can help jog my memory. I don't know what the genesis of this was, but back in late November, Tiff said that she was... This is a quote. She's holding me personally responsible if Ed Asner dies before this time next year. Oh, no. I, I think maybe... I don't know if I... Somebody posted something about some older celebrity, and I might have said Ed Asner is on the watch list. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah, so so Tiff made made me personally responsible if, if Ed Asner dies before November of 2020. Now you f***ed up, man. <laughs> well, maybe so, but I, I found that to be patently unfair. And... <laughs> So what I did was, Adam, I think as as you know, is I created the Ed Asner death clock. <laughs> of course you did. Uh, classic. Yeah. And so it wasn't my idea. I mean, Tiff kind of made me do it. So what we're going to do, Adam, is in each staff meeting, which is basically monthly, we're going to give an update and either announce Ed Asner's death or give an update to everyone on how much time is left before I'm no longer responsible for Ed Asner's death. That's a good idea. Yeah. That's a good idea. And then I think what you mean to say is, you know, Tiff, look what you made me do. Exactly. Thank you. I'm, I'm glad you went. I, I knew you, of all people, would understand. Oh, for sure. For, absolutely. Well, because, because I, again, I want to know the moment, the very moment when I'm no longer responsible for Ed Asner's death. I think that's perfectly logical. Okay, good. Thank you. Yeah. Gosh. Yeah, I'm on your side, buddy. Thank you. Thank you. If anything, <laughs> you and I back each other up on important yeah. things. Do we have to? We have to. Okay. Well, okay. So here we are at our first staff meeting of the year. Therefore, here's our first update. As far as I know, and I, I again, I didn't do any research, but as far as I know, Ed <laughs> Asner is not dead. And I have approximately 292 days until I'm no longer responsible for his death. All right, buddy. The, the countdown is is commenced. We're doing great. You're doing great. Yeah, exactly. I, I'm. He's not dead, and I'm not responsible. So, if you want to keep up with this in between our meetings, just search Ed Asner Death Clock. If you want to follow the countdown yourself. Yeah, uh, I mean, I'm gonna look for sure. Okay, good, perfect. So yeah, Ed Asner Death Clock. Good job. I think it's gonna be great. All right, Adam. Well, before we move on and kind of wrap up our meeting, let's just find out what in the world happened to Grandpa and Grandma, or Grandpa Frank and Grandma Lois. Yeah, I want to hear this. Hello, Chris. Hello, Adam. Grandpa Frank here yet again. I'll be quick. I'm tired of getting interrupted, and, well, we're getting close to the port. So here we were on this island, just me and your grandma, all alone. We thought someone lived on this island because we found a volleyball with a face painted on it. (laughs) And lucky Uh. for us, random packages from FedEx would wash up on the shore every day. No kidding. Plus, Uh. those spear fishing classes you guys bought your grandma Lois for Christmas last year really paid off. Nice. Eventually, we saw a large boat in the distance. We lit a fire to signal them, and the rest is history. 
Huh, sir, have you by chance seen uh, the case of pudding cups from the cafeteria? No, I haven't <laughs> seen that. <laughs> pudding cups. Why, why would you? I'm on the phone. But several people said they saw you. Go. But sir. Boys, just between us. When we get back, you come over. I got a case of pudding <laughs> that I need to sneak off this rig when we get to shore and we can celebrate. <laughs> I'm well, still there. Guys, happy New Year. Dunskies. <gasps> yes, another happy ending. Yes. All right, man, we're on a roll. This staff meeting is kicking off great. It is. Okay, well, now I understand now that we listened to all four messages. So they got rescued by the boat that they were on was the rescue boat. He was telling the story about how they got marooned and then rescued. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, good. Wow, that was that was harrowing. Well, I'm I'm really glad to say that there was not a plague cruise. No, no, no plague. We we got to talk to them. We got a case of pudding waiting for us as soon as we get back, and they got rescued. Huzzah! Yeah, I don't want to like you know kind of regress the show a little bit, but I did I did some cursory research, and Ed Asner has over three hundred and seventy six acting credits. <laughs> you know we don't have to get into that, Adam, because he's still alive. Oh, for sure. This is a conversation. He's got time to make a hundred more movies. Is what I'm saying. <laughs> right? Because because he can't. Ed, it's very important. It's very important, Adam, that Ed Asner doesn't die for at least another 292 days. Yeah, no, nah, he's gonna make it, bro. He's so gonna make it. Okay, you're yes. in the butter zone, baby. Sweet. Okay. Anytime you say something's in the butter zone, it always makes me feel better. Yeah, it's because it is. That's the whole point of the butter zone. So. Let's put a nice, big, distinct divider right here between Ed Asner and what we're going to talk about next, Adam. Okay. And that is the next nominations for our three-room apartments. <laughs> wow, what, <laughs> what coincidental timing. Of which Ed Asner is not a candidate. No, not for at least another 292 days. At least. At least another 292 days. No, we're clear, bro. Don't even worry about it. Okay, so we are not discussing Ed Asner in the context of a three-bedroom apartment, but we are discussing (laughs) these three people. (laughs) So let's just jump right in. Our first nominee came from Bob Haynes, and this is from an article in Variety magazine. Hollywood remembers Valerie Harper, a true comic genius. She played the Bronx-accented Rhoda Morgenstern, on the Mary Tyler Moore Show and its top-line spinoff, Rhoda. The Emmy-winning actress died Friday at 80 years old after being diagnosed with lung and brain cancer in 2009. SAG and AFTRA president Gabrielle Carteris said in a statement, Valerie Harper is a wonderful actor who made us laugh and cry and laugh again. Mike Schur of The Office, Parks and Rec, Brooklyn Nine-Nine, and others said this about Valerie Harper. She was one of the greatest TV actors of all time, a true comic genius. She inspired me, and I loved her very much. In addition to The Mary Tyler Moore Show and Rhoda, she had starred in the first two seasons of sitcom, the sitcom Valerie. She left the series. The name was changed to The Hogan Family, and she was replaced by Sandy Duncan. Harper's been in a bunch of other TV shows and movies since the 90s. Adam, how about Valerie Harper? Man, that's a tough one, bro. It's a tough one. I feel like she's got a lot of endorsement, and she has over 70 acting credits. Well, so I, I realized that another, another quick uh, criteria that we, we haven't talked about before. First, do you recognize her name? Which, in this case, I certainly do. 
Uh, the name is familiar. Yeah, but I don't. Uh, yeah, yeah, but that's about it. The second thing is, I think it's actually important wh- which publication releases the story of their passing. Uh, it's true. So in this case, Variety Magazine is a is a longtime, well-established entertainment magazine, right? Yeah, yeah. So you certainly recognize Valerie Harper. She's been in many things. She's won awards, and her the news of her passing was published in Variety Magazine. You know, listen, I'm not familiar enough with her. I, I, I would have never thought... I, I remember the Hogan's family. I watched her on that show for the two seasons she was on there. I knew she was on Mary Tyler Moore and Rhoda. That's all I know about her. So yeah. if she's some sort of comic genius, I wasn't around at the right time to recognize that. Agreed. But a lot of really well-known celebrities think extremely highly of her. Yeah. Based on what I know about Valerie Harper, I would not vote her in. But I don't think I've got a thorough enough knowledge of her to say that. Same. I could I could say more, but it would be the same. I, I don't yeah. know her, but I mean, she's got high high regard. So, yeah, it's a tough call. So I, I think I would probably vote her in in spite of my personal lack of knowledge of her. What's your call? Same. I think that if you've got over 70 acting credits and... You know, and pretty well-known stuff. I mean, she was even in the office. Um, I think that with the acclaim that she's received from a jury of her peers, that means a lot because she's got a lot of yeah. really good credo or you know credit from A-list celebrities. So I think that yeah. I think that holds water. You know, for sure. I agree. All right. Well, when we took it out to our group, the Gravity Beard interns, and held our interns' choice poll, Valerie Harper was the top vote getter with forty-seven percent of the vote. Oh, well, good. All right, Adam, we have consensus, and that means that Valerie Harper will occupy the second room in our 13th apartment alongside animator Richard Williams. Amazing. 14 apartments, bro. Uh, 13 apartments. All right, 13 apartments. We're getting close to the 14th. So close. So close. Okay, well, let's see if our next candidate will round out our 13th apartment, thus creating the opportunity, Adam, for someone to kick off the the 14th apartment. And here's our next contestant. T. Boone Pickens Jr., Adam, was a swashbuckling Texas oil and gas entrepreneur whose storied life cast him in the disparate roles of corporate raider, defender of shareholder rights, unlikely environmentalist, and controversial philanthropist. The efforts of raiders like Boone helped profoundly change American corporations by forcing management to acknowledge the supremacy of the shareholder. At the apex of his fame and fortune in the mid-1980s, he appeared on the covers of national magazines, owned vast ranches, and crisscrossed the country on corporate jets. He founded and headed the United Shareholders Association to lobby for war rights for ordinary shareholders. Mr. Pickens also headed a nationwide campaign to push for energy self-sufficiency through the exploitation of natural gas, wind power, and solar energy with the aim of reducing the United States' dependence on oil imports from the Middle East. Despite his balanced energy well into his later years, towards the end of his life, after a series of strokes, he became more accepting of his mortality, and he was quoted as saying this, Just a year ago, I felt immortal, wearing my age with pride, even joking about it. Last year, I opened a speech with this. It's a quote inside a quote. Interesting. The other day, I turned 88 and realized my life was half over. (laughs) Nice. (laughs) I refused to call my 2008 autobiography Life in the Fourth Quarter because, well, 
Hell, I was I wasn't in the fourth quarter. But things have changed for me since the strokes. I clearly am in the fourth quarter, and the clock is ticking. T. Boone Pickens died on Wednesday at his home in Dallas. He was 91. Adam, does T. Boone Pickens deserve to be in a three-room apartment? Well, I think the real question is, is he a celebrity? Well, into our last apartment, we just admitted Ross Perot, who I think is very comparable to T. Boone Pickens. Yeah, but Ross Perot was definitely a celebrity. Right, but we also admitted Herb Kelleher, the CEO of Southwest Airlines. Yeah. I forgot why. <laughs> what our what our justification was. Because he founded one of the nation's biggest airlines and fundamentally changed the way that airlines do business. Yeah, I mean, if he did that here, then, I mean, he would get a slot in the, uh, in the apartment. I would say, given... Given the bullet points in this article, I would I think T. Boone Pickens more than changed the landscape of the of the industries that he was a part of. Okay, I'll go with that. Sure. <laughs> and I used to run into T. Boone Pickens at the uh, at the deli I used to go to for breakfast. No kidding. All right. So are you voting T. Boone Pickens into our the last room in our thirteenth three room apartment? Yeah, I'll vote him in. All right. Well, there you have it. Congratulations, Boone. Good job, Boone. Let's move on to our next candidate, who I think you're going to agree is far more controversial. Are you ready? Uh-oh. Yep. I'm very curious to find out what your feedback is going to be on this. Okay. James R. Lovell, the Dallas police detective wearing a white Stetson while handcuffed to Lee Harvey Oswald in one of the most dramatic news f- photographs ever taken capturing the very moment when alleged assassin of President John F. Kennedy was fatally shot by Jack Ruby in 1963. On November 24, 1963, two days after the Kennedy assassination, Mr. Lovell was escorting Oswald through the basement of the Dallas police station in preparation for a transfer to county jail. He was on Oswald's right with his left wrist handcuffed to Oswald's right wrist, Oswald's hands were secured by a second pair of handcuffs. Another detective, L.C. Graves, was on Oswald's left, gripping his upper arm. I told him, Lee, if anybody shoots at you, I hope they are as good of a shot as you were, Mr. Lovell said (laughs) in 2005. (laughs) Meaning, of course, that they would hit him and not me. He kind of laughed and said, this is what Oswald said back to him. You're being melodramatic. Nobody's going to try and shoot me. So as they walked past a group of reporters and photographers, nightclub owner Jack Ruby stepped out of the crowd with a pistol and fired a single shot into Oswald's midsection. In a, in a, gosh, it's bad being wrong. I know. <laughs> oh, well, so bad. in a moment captured by Dallas Times Herald photographer Robert H. Jackson, Ruby's hand is extended holding the gun as Oswald grimaces in pain, Mr. Lovell, wearing a light-colored suit, leans back, startled by the gunshot, looking directly into Ruby's face. Millions of people watched the shooting on live television, but Jackson's photo, which won the Pulitzer Prize, remains one of the most indelible images of the 20th century. It's a powerful picture. Yeah. James Lovell died August 29th at a hospital in Lakewood, Colorado. He was 99 years old. A hell of a time to be wrong. Now, I will tell you this. 
that article I think came from I don't know, like the the Washington Post or something. I'm sorry, that that one came from D Magazine, but there were other articles. But but I, I that was a very very small portion of the article. The article actually told a much longer story about how Jim's Lo- Jim Lovell was actually the the primary one of the per- two primary detectives that investigated the Kennedy assassination from the from the Dallas wow. Police Department. So so he had a much deeper involvement than just being the guy that was handcuffed to Oswald when he got shot by Ruby. Sure. Um, but still, I, I, I don't know. This is a really, really tough one, in my opinion. He, he played a major role and at the center of, obviously, one of the biggest events in American history. And, you know, he's in one of the most famous photographs in American history. I honestly don't know if if he gets in or not. I'm, I'm on the fence on this one. Yeah, no, I think I'm with you, actually. Um I mean, I hate to say that he's a hero and not also put him in the uh, in into the apartment, but at the same time, you know, he's a cop, and I love and respect the police departments, you know. But like, I wouldn't know his name in that in that photo, and he did a great thing, and but he was you know escorting a criminal, just a high profile one. So well, I'm again, with you. again, he did he didn't just escort Oswald; he was one of the primary detectives that investigated the entire Kennedy assassination. No, no, yeah, and I get that, um, but he was—he's a detective, you know, and uh, that he got assigned to that case. Let me say it another way, because I agree with you, and and this is something that I've, I think we've explained before, but but people just aren't convinced. We have a very, very high uh, bar for who gets into a three-room apartment. Yep. And here's the other thing that I was thinking about that I think needs to be explained also. The longer that a that something like this, the, the, a three-room apartment is, is very similar to a Hall of Fame. It's not exactly yeah. a Hall of Fame, but it's very similar. And yep. the longer that a Hall of Fame exists, the higher the bar is. To the point where people that were inducted early on in the existence of that Hall of Fame probably wouldn't make it in later. Agreed. 100% agree. Some of them would. Some of them, no matter when they were considered, would get added to that Hall of Fame. But many, yeah. many others, if you go back in the Professional Sports Hall of Fames, many of the early inductees, famous, famous athletes of their time, would not get into the Hall of Fame if they were reconsidered in the modern age. I agree with that. Therefore, the longer that the concept of the three-room apartment exists, the higher the bar will be set and the harder it will be for new candidates to get in based on the candidates that, that most recently were admitted. I agree with that. I think that's a great a great way to say all that. Absolutely. Yeah. Therefore, Jim Lovell did play a very significant role in a very significant event in American history, particularly Dallas history. But not he's not significant enough to get into a three-room apartment, which has a very, very high bar. Yeah, and it always sucks when we have to deny people entry into the uh, into the apartment. But you know, it is what it is. Yep. Okay. Well, then I feel good about that decision. I think you and I have consensus. We admire the work of John, uh, of Jim Lovell, but he does not get into a three room apartment. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah. Okay. Definitely love the guy. Respect. For sure. Much respect. Okay. Well, let's finish up the staff meeting the way we often do, and that's with some. Messages from the hotline. Yes. Calling on the hotline for your love, for your love. Hotline, hotline. And let's get right to it with our first message. 
Hey, Adam. Hey, Tove. This is Tove, and hey, this Tove. is how I talk. Hey, buddy. Something happened, and I was compelled to call in. I had to tell you guys the story. So uh, we're wrapping up our home reno, and we're moving back in, mm-hmm. getting organized, and I realized Perfect. that I need a clothes hamper, a small clothes hamper for my closet. One that I had before doesn't work in the new arrangement, so you can... First of all, minor, mild inconvenience. You can imagine how frustrated I was with that, that I've got to get rid of my old <laughs> so clothes hamper and get a new clothes hamper. So I went to a local store that sells goods for your home. I don't want to use the name of the store, but it sells goods <laughs> for the home. And I found exactly what I wanted. So um, moment of triumph. We're sharing that now yes. as well. So a brief moment of triumph. I found the exact item. At least I think I did. I won't know for sure until I get home. So I go to the register and I check out. And it just so happens they're busy, so the manager is working the register that I go to. And I finish my transaction, and then he says to me as I'm about to pay, can I count on you to make a donation to the St. Jude's Children's Hospital? Oh, come on. Now, I'm sure you've encountered things like this. Sometimes it'll you know be at the grocery store for March of Dimes or these types of things where they just want to say, hey, do you want to add a dollar or whatever? But listen to how he, how he phrased it. He said, can I count on you? He didn't say, would you like to make a donation? Because then you just say, no, thank you, not today, and you've responded very politely, and you're off the hook, and you don't sound like a jerk. You ask the question, you responded politely, you get out of it, you get to move on. But he said, can I count on you? And I think he's chosen his words very carefully. I think that was very sneaky. And he caught me off guard. I was on my heels. So it's like, man, well, I'm a very reliable person. So <laughs> I said, yes, you can count on me. And then he said, great. He said, how does $5 sound? So now he's put me in a position where I was expecting it to be like a dollar, maybe $2 at the most. But now if I say anything less than $5, now I'm a, I'm a cheapskate around Christmas time. So I was like, yeah, that sounds great. And so he, he, he responds very, very positively. But then that's not all. He goes, okay, well, now we're also going to do this. And we're standing in a line of checkout, thing, checkout lines. And he picks up a metal bell and he rings the bell kind of loudly and gets everyone's attention. And so everyone <laughs> kind of briefly turns my direction. And so first of all, not only did he trick me into donating, then he made me pay more than I wanted to, to make me not look like a cheesecake. But then he called attention to the entire ordeal. So that happened. So I've donated $5 to the St. Jude's Children's Hospital, which is not a bad thing. I just feel like I was kind of railroaded into it. Anyway, happy holidays. <laughs> okay, so I was quiet because I wanted to hear that because I have such strong emotions about that, right? Like, I don't feel it's right to trick people into donating or guilting them into donating, right? Like, right, exactly. You know, and and then you're you're making it awkward, and I get it. I mean, salespeople sometimes, man, they can just be really greasy about it. You know, it's like, come on, like you're putting this about. No, I don't have the extra money, but if I say no now, then I'm an asshole. Like, right, so exactly. you put me on the spot and maybe I'm not comfortable being the center of attention in a lot of places. Of course I am, but maybe not everyone is. Well, especially at a busy time around the holidays. Right. You know, that store was jammed and all of a sudden I'm, there's a bell ringing right next to me. Yeah. And like, you know, what if you're, what if you're just an introvert that wants to get in and get out? Maybe you have some social anxiety or maybe you have an auditory disorder. Well, I, I am an introvert and I do have social anxieties. <laughs> so, so I didn't appreciate that at all. <laughs> so then you can't be like hey man shut up i'm trying to like you know get in and get out now it's a whole thing like you know like t- there's a at PetSmart, 
when you check out, they're on the screen at the very end. It says, would you like to donate a dollar to homeless pets? And you can say yes or no, right? It's right there. It's just a question. Would you like to donate a dollar? Yes or no? You can put in your custom amount. There's no noise. There's no like looking at you weird. There's no question. There's no conversation. There's no bell. You can choose right then and there to donate or not. And there's no judgment. Right. Right. That's my choice. That stuff bothers me so much. Almost as much as bathroom attendance, but what you went through is worth is worse. Yeah, it's very clear that he resorted to trickery to get me to donate and to donate more than I normally would. Yeah, because you're right. It is a good thing that they got donated to, but don't do it like that. Like that's not the way. Like, I don't feel good about my donation. I don't feel like I did something good. I feel like I got tricked. Exactly. Thank you. Okay. Yes, because I'm a guy, and most guys when they shop, it's a surgical procedure. I wanted a single item. I found the item. I took it up to the checkout. I wanted to be in and out of there in two minutes. Yeah. And I got the wool pulled over my eyes. Dude, well, you know me. That's right. It's surgical. One of my superpowers is quick, super quick beer runs. If you (laughs) stall me, you're now a villain. Okay? You're a villain. Yes. Anyway, I knew you would understand. 100%, buddy. I'm sorry you had to go through that. That was a, that's a major inconvenience. Major, major. All right. Well, let's. Actually, I left the next message as well. So, all right. More double the toaf. Well, and you and you know, you know from the history on this show that if I call in, something big has gone down. Either moment of triumph or a mild inconvenience. Yes. Well, this is neither of those. This is actually a severe opposite of a moment of triumph. Oh no. Yeah. Let's listen. Hey, Adam. Hey, Toaf. Hey, buddy. This is Toaf. Hey, Toph. This is how I talk. Good. When I've been up until after 1 a.m. cleaning up vomit. Oh, Here's man. the story. My in-laws are in town, and they were nice enough to watch after the kids while we spend a, a an overnight at Windstar seeing Jim Gaffigan, the famous comedian oh, who I, I like very him. much. Mm-hmm. I'll have a very terrible tale to share with you. I went to bed last night at around 11 p.m. after I watched Ohio State take care of business against Wisconsin in the Big Ten championship game. Congratulations (laughs) to them. It wasn't two minutes after I laid my head on the pillow when my father-in-law knocked on my bedroom door and gave me the horrific news. Liam, my seven-year-old, threw up over the side of the top bunk. There's wood floors in there with a large area rug, so when it hit the floor, when it hit the wood, it splattered everywhere. Doors, walls, bottom bunk, all over stuffed animals and other nearby toys, onto the mesh clothes hamper nearby, filled with clothes. They went deep under the bottom bunk, too. It was an absolute nightmare. I had to crawl under there to clean the floor, the bed frame, the wall, and scrub the portion of the rug that goes way under the bottom bunk. My face was two inches from chunks of vomit. The smell was unbearable, and I had to hold my phone with one hand so I had light to see while I cleaned with the other hand. Oh, my God. I did the best I could clean up what was basically a grisly murder scene in a small apartment, except it was vomit instead of blood. Some things got thrown away instead of cleaned, and I finally made it to bed at one fifteen after the two-hour cleanup, and then... It gets worse. Ellie and Noah, ages two and five, woke up five hours later at 6 a.m. and didn't go back to sleep. Liam was up at 
And so I'm exhausted. I don't, I don't know yet if we're going to make it to Jim Gaffigan today or if we'll have to cancel and eat the cost of the hotel and the tickets. You know, because I can't exactly leave my in-laws with a vomiting child and two other small kids. Oh, and one more thing. This is not the first time this has happened. It's the second. This is Tope, coming to you live from the scene. Dunskis. Oh, buddy. I had to uh, be quiet for that message because I had to hold in my vomit. I don't do well with vomit, dude. And uh, that reminds me, I, I have something that I'll call the hotline with, but I don't do well with that. So the fact that you had to go through that is absolutely wretched, buddy. I, I can't even... I, I think I would probably be, probably be so furious that I don't I don't even know what I would do. Like and and that uh, in those moments I don't have any compassion, just anger. And I think that if I was in your situation, I would have done. I, I don't know how I would have handled it. Well, and I I did the best that I could in that message to describe just how horrific it was. But as bad as it sounded, it was much much worse. I no that that was one hundred percent clear to me from the moment you started talking about vomit. I knew that you don't yes. you don't mince words, and often never exaggerate. And and to to make it even worse after that entire explanation, Chelsea was out for the night. Oh no! So that entire cleanup effort I did on my own. Oh my god, dude. Yeah, I can relate to that. Except I was on the on the other end of that, where I went out of town and my dog got into something, yeah. and she ruined our carpet. I mean, like it was Liz was like it was so bad. Like I mean, I think Liz was about very close to cutting up like a you know fourteen by sixteen square carpet and throwing it away at the hours of two a.m. <laughs> like right, it's, yeah. It's so I, I yeah. I mean, in that in that point, I might have thrown away the kids. And that's why you don't have kids, man. <laughs> you know. <laughs> Why you don't have kids. That's the second time that he's done that, not the first. That's happened before. Yeah, that was the coup de gras. That was the coup de gras. <sighs> Wait, so did you go to Jim Gaffigan? We did We did go to Jim Gaffigan. Okay, awesome. <laughs> yes, yes. We, we may have to discuss that another day, but Jim Gaffigan is hysterical, and he was quite good. I think he's a genius. Yeah, he's so good. Yeah. Anyway, that's uh, that's my that's my horrific tale. God, dude, that what a nightmare. Fuck. Ugh. Yeah, it's as bad as you can imagine. Okay, well, let's move on from that. We got a couple more messages. Here is our next message. When I was a kid, there was like six other Chris's in in my kindergarten class, enough to where we all had to have like nicknames. So I was I was CJ for an entire year, and no one's ever called me CJ ever since, like ever. <laughs> and so I always like thought about if I could like pick my name as a kid, like what would it have been? And it definitely wouldn't have been Chris. But I mean, it's a good name now. Like I've made, I've made peace with it. But I just like who? What did our? What were our parents thinking? Just like there, there were literally a thousand Chris's, like within like view right now if i just like looked out of the crowd be like oh yeah there's a thousand chrises in there i don't know <laughs> anyway i just was thinking about like nicknames and but i don't know what would you rename yourself chris so you didn't have one of the most popular names of all time anyway bye no idea okay. who that message was from no name no authentication no dunsky nothing 
All right. So that was Chris Brayton, who used to host, we mentioned him earlier in the show, he used to host the More Good Than podcast. And, and now he hosts another really great podcast called I Like to Like Things. And the reason I'm not going to give him a hard time for authenticating, authenticating himself or ending with Dunskis is because he's the one that, that gave us Dunskis. That's a good point. Chris Brayton seems like a really good dude. Yeah, so way, way, way back in the day, early on in the life of our hotline, he ended the uh, a message that he left about Die Hard being a Christmas movie and bar soap versus body wash, and he's the very first person who ended a message with Dunskis. And he also seems like a really good dude, but this is the rare exception. Yes. The yes. rare exception. He, he's like a legacy in a fraternity, so we will, we will not give him a hard time. That, that's a fair point. But I will answer his question because I too know many, many, many Chris's mm. and I've also found peace with it. But if I could choose my name, I think I might go with Toph. I think I've really, you know, t- my friend Tyler uh, here at work gave me that nickname uh, mm-hmm. three or four years ago. I actually really, really like it. A-, a long time ago before I got that nickname. So I think I would, I would pick Toph. Toph is my answer. I think I've really enjoyed going by Toph. Yeah. But a long time ago, because um, my middle name is William. And I always thought it'd be kind of cool to go with the name Will. I yeah. I like the name Will. So yeah. if if not Toph, a, a, a more normal, more common name, I think I might be Will. Well, Toph, I love calling you Toph. It suits you. <laughs> and uh, I look forward for, for, of many, look forward to many more years of calling you Toph. <laughs> many more years of me being Toph. Yeah. Just don't ever change, buddy. Don't ever change. No, I'm I'm, I'm happy to take Toph. And, that, and that's my answer. So yeah. thank you. And Chris Braden, by the way, is one of my earliest and closest friends that I met through podcasting and we're still very very close friends I've been out to his house in California we text together almost every day especially when football is on TV but so so I very much appreciate Chris calling in so thanks that's buddy. awesome thanks buddy yeah all right here's our next message this is your grandma Lois how you doing hey, well, grandma grandma Lois. Frank and I finally got home we got lost after our cruise and oh, a nice man named Luke said Follow me and I'll get you home. So we did, and I don't know what happened to Luke, but we we just got in the door. We we were so lost in the condo. Oh, boys, it's in such a sad state. Oh, I hope our Russian friends come back soon to clean up the place. <laughs> Your grandpa Frank is having problem with his prostate again. No. I see that you're talking about the soda pops in the group. We used to have Coca-Cola when I was a little girl, except they changed the formula. Can you believe that? <laughs> when we drank sure. it as kids, it was medicine. Did you know that? And I would give it, and it would give us so much energy, not like today. And we would run around and around and around the house, and the colors were brighter, and it felt like someone was watching us all the time. And then we would just pass out. But Coca-Cola is so boring today, boys. Well, you and Adam come by, and I'll make you a root beer float. Love you, boys. Call your grandma. Aww. You know, she misses that cocaina. <laughs> <laughs> Adam, it's Grandma Lois. Man, well, I'm so glad that she's back from the cruise as well. Not the plague cruise, but they made it back, and uh, yep. you know they're they're marooning on an island, and now they're back, and maybe uh, maybe the Russians will come by and swing through and, and take care of them for a while. Yeah. So if if uh, 
I guess if the Russian bear and or bunny is out there listening, then um, stop stop by and, and say hello to Lois and Frank. Yeah, as long as as, as long as it's not a rabbit in the garden. <laughs> <laughs> no, we want nothing to do with any rabbits in the garden. But but it's you know it's been a long time since we've heard from both of them, and I'm really glad to hear from them again. Yeah, agreed. You always want to hear from your family. Oh my gosh, yes. And and even though you don't live there, maybe we'll have to make a special trip out to visit. Yeah, I'm with that. All right, cool. Well, Adam. Brother Tof. There is only one proper way to finish a staff meeting. Oh, dear God, please. Please let my comment be foreshadowing. And it just so happens that we have just one voicemail left. It was left just moments before we sat down in the studio to conduct our meeting. Oh, do tell. Are you prepared to hear our last meeting Are you prepared to hear our last message for today's meeting? Never been more prepared in my whole life. All right. Well, here we go. All right, y'all. First call of the year. Let's do it right, baby. (laughs) Brother Tope. Brother Adam. What's happening, y'all? It's Peter the Vilbit. Woo! (laughs) Happy New Year, everybody. I hope you rang it in right. Okay? I hope on New Year's Eve... You guys did something to ring it in right, okay, yeah. as I did. You know I did, because everybody knows that New York, New Year's Eve, New Year's Eve, I almost said New York City, New York City <laughs> Eve. <laughs> New Year's Eve is my holiday, my favorite holiday, and it's the best holiday as far as I'm concerned, all right? You want to know why? I'll tell you why. Because happiness is not a passive sport. All right? Mm, what I true. mean by that is you got to go out and get it, and then you got to keep it because it's all about momentum. You know what I'm saying? And in momentum, you have to start it off, and you have to let it ride. You understand where I'm coming from? <laughs> yep. And that's your, you have the opportunity to do that first time in the year on New Year's Eve to set the tone for the rest of your year. Okay? And New Year's Eve is the only time, and mark my words, it's the only time that you can start the year right, that you can both end the year and start the year right on a high note at the same time, man. <laughs> and that's exactly what I do every single freaking year, okay? I started this tradition a long time ago. One Christmas Eve, family members, toxicological family members, annoyed the ever-living sh- out of me and they had a great time doing it and i thought to myself oh yeah motherfuckers i got you because six days later that's or is it seven days later seven days after yeah seven days later because <laughs> that was christmas eve i went rather than going to my family's house like i always did on the new year's eve I went straight to the club and I had a blast. And from that moment on, never again. <laughs> like, like, like Skeletor told He-Man. <laughs> never. <laughs> never again did I spend my New Year's wrong. I always did it right. You understand, people? So I advise you next year, if you didn't do it this year, to ring in your new year positively and do it right and leave the bums behind. <laughs> and that's all I got to say about that. Peace, y'all, and I'm out of here. Ooh, ooh. <laughs> 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 
<laughs> Dude, I think my phrase of 2020 is going to be like, I got you, motherfuckers. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. Oh, dude, what a great call-in. And he's so right about so many things. I don't think Peter's ever been quite that salty before. Yeah, yeah. No, but, you know, but he, I think, you know, he was making a point. You know, I think that it was like, this was a moment. This defines a moment and a mentality, you know. And it was, you know, that that's what it took. That's what it took. Yep. Yep. Well, Peter, thank you for those wise words as always. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And thank you for helping us close out another staff meeting in the best way possible. Dude, and for starting off 2020 just in, in an incredible way. Yes. Yes. We've said it many times before, Peter. We are so glad you're a part of this. We love you so much. Thank you for another great message. Yeah. I can't wait till this post and I can just listen to his message over and over again. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Adam. Well, without any further ado. Come on, man. There's got to be a little more ado. No. There's literally not one morsel of ado. <clears throat> that concludes this week's staff meeting. What a great staff meeting, buddy. All right. Well, let me finish up with some brief credits before we go, please. Mm-hmm. The content of these meetings is generated almost entirely by our talented team of interns. If you'd like to contribute to the show, we'd love to have you join the team. Just search Gravity Beard Interns on Facebook. It's where we have various serious conversations about the dumbest things ever. You can call us on the hotline if you like. That number is 321-465-2180. If you enjoyed the show, please tell another human about it. Gravity Beard is a proud member of the Podfix Network. To find other great shows consistently creating platinum-level content, go right now to podfixnetwork.com or search at Podfix on Twitter. You can listen now to our show on Radio Haver. See all the details in our show notes. Music on the show is by Silent Partner. You can find them on the YouTube audio library. Additional music in this episode is by Kevin McLeod. Promotional consideration this episode comes from Justine and Santiago and the talented team at We're With You. For my dear friend and co-host, Lord Saunders, I'm your other co-host, Toph. This meeting is adjourned. And peace to 2020. Gravity Beard is a proud member of the Podfix Network. That's how we do it, folks. That's how El Magic happens, though. <laughs> that is not Spanish. <laughs> My dad thinks it is. <laughs> <laughs> Santa? You old Santa Claus in our hearts and in our minds all year round. He's a jolly old elf. Boy, is he. He inadvertently posted a spoiler online on Facebook the other day, and one of my friends got actually really mad about it. <laughs> what was it spoiling? One item in an episode of Dracula on Netflix. <laughs> <laughs> all right, well, if you're watching Dracula, that's a bummer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it sounds like his loss, huh? <laughs> <laughs> That's what he gets for watching Dracula, idiot. <laughs> well, I thought it was funny that Santa Claus ruined a spoiler alert for this guy. He got so mad about it. <laughs> but he can only be mad for a little bit because you can't be mad at Santa. Nope, because guess what happens in your stocking? Cool. <laughs> <laughs>